1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChumbaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. not be first. Do we do enough? Well, I never, I never shut, shut up, about it. it must have been about seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. We it, their guilt
0: wins. Right, the bouncers goat wins. This is no good for me. That's the reality. If you want the honest truth, and i see it every day.
1: This is Joe Pugh for IFL TV. We're here on a Friday afternoon taking some time to talk to me. Frank Smith, how are you?
0: I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm here in Brentwood celebrating my 15-year anniversary of being the world's most renowned best t-boy in boxing.
1: I did just see that on Instagram. So first of all, congratulations. And uh, why did you want to choose that landmark to be sitting here talking to me,
0: mate? Just It was a special moment. It was a special <laughs> moment. I never thought when I started here 15 years ago, I'd be here to, sitting talking to you, Joe, to be honest. Didn't know where I, I'd be.
1: I don't doubt it, mate. I don't doubt it. Any any standout memories of those fifteen years? I'm sure there's many, but any that come to your head? Uh,
0: my final warning after about a month and a half was a good one. That really set the tone of what not to do. Um, it's so difficult because some, I'm, we have so many moments literally every day of the week where you go, "What a touch!" Like to be doing something like this, but at the same time, it's a lot of hard work that you know balances out the two. So. But so many moments have been in there. We've been lucky enough over the last 15 years to be involved in some amazing memories that, um, you know, over the next 15 years, we want to keep making them as well. So I, I, I'll, maybe we'll do a program on like my top 10 favorite moments. It'll be really interesting. I'm sure people will be really intrigued. I'd be intrigued in it, mate. I was looking back at some of your old
1: stuff because I listened to your podcast with Coogan and it, it does big numbers. You've always been a big number driver.
0: Well, I'm sort of Eddie Hearns' little reject brother, aren't I? So, you know, you just listen to me if you want to go to sleep at night, apparently. That's that's what I take from the comments. So that's what it is. Maybe I'm like a... Uh, you've got one of those sleep zone apps, you know, where it reads out. It's like 15 minutes to get you to sleep. That's what I do.
1: Okay.
0: Um, I'm not really sure what to make of that because I'm, I'm easy
1: to get to sleep. But we'll get straight into it because there's a lot to talk about. You've had some time off, but a big, big schedule coming up for Matt Drew. But the most recent announcement, September 30th, Obatiah Thompson. Great opportunity for Jordan Thompson to really become number one in the division.
0: Yeah, 100%. Look, I mean, Jaya Obataia is number one cruiserweight in the world, 100%. He showed that in the fight against Bredis. Look, he's been out for a long time, and um, you know, I'm glad we could deliver this for for Jordan. You know, Jordan's obviously ranked in the IBF and gives number ten, uh, and I think it's the perfect fight for Jordan to take right now. You know, because there was talk about maybe moving up to heavyweight as well, and I think look, taking this opportunity and getting in there, that Jordan's a big puncher. We all know how good Java Tyre is, but. Um to be able to deliver these kind of fights for our fighters is is always good. Um, you know, deliver a potential world title shot. And, you know, as well, excited to work with your appetite as well.
1: Yeah, and it's a stacked card. I think you've got Ellie Scottney, George Lidard, Chev Clark, Maisie Rose Courtney. So a big one at Wembley Arena on 30th September.
0: Yeah, 100 percent Look, Ellie Scottney defending her IBF title for the first time. It'd be great to see that. Um Chev Clark against Vasil Duca as well, who obviously Jordan Thompson boxed. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited for that fight as well. I think Shev, the great thing with Chev, he's always been willing to step forward and you know into, into meaningful fights. And I'm excited, you know, for the progression of his career. Rihanna Dixon fights for the European title as well. Um, George Liddard, as you said there. You know uh, Jimmy Sainz as well will make his professional debut. So some uh, some exciting fights on the card, and uh, good to be back at Wembley Arena on September thirty. I want to take you
1: last back last back to last week, Frank. Um, when you got the news about Robert hellenius's adverse findings, it's so a shock to us all. But how how did this all come about for you, and when did you find out about this?
0: Uh, in terms of date, I can't yeah. remember now. But it. We found out, we got an email from VADA, as did the British Boxing Board of Control um, and, and Robert Hellenius and his team as well. Um, we got that and, you know, we obviously uh, announced it very soon after that day. Um, and yeah, look, I think, as I've said on multiple occasions now, we have to let people go through the process um, that they would, whether in boxing or or, or other sp- another sport, of uh, with, with the relevant bodies involved. Um, you know essentially it's not for us to decide but you know uh, the key for us is to ensure the safety of the sport and 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 put measures in place um, to improve the safety of the sport so yeah look it's, it's never good it's never good but at the same time the investment that we're making is beneficial in the fact that things are being found
1: We'll get into that investment in a minute, but just how much of a problem is it now when we're seeing more and more fighters find adverse findings? In your mind, has it always been there, but now there's more tests, or are more fighters turning towards performance-enhancing drugs?
0: I don't know. I can't... I'm not going to comment. And It's never good. It's not good. It's not what we want to see in a sport. It's not... You know, it's something that happens in all sports, but the difference here is that it's a dangerous sport. You can you can you know cause harm and uh, and hurt people in the in, in the ring. Um, you know, and no one wants to see that. I think the additional testing measures we're putting in place, you know, are, are part of that. I think a lot of these bodies that people talk about, the likes of UCAD, UCAD, don't have the funding to ensure there's enough testing. You know, so I think the additional measures that we put in place, are, are helping find you know more positive tests again it's not good for the sport but at the same time it's it's beneficial with people are getting caught you know and we can we can help eradicate this as much as possible from the sport um again i must say though i think everyone deserves their opportunity to go through a process a fair process with the relevant body involved
1: eddie spoke on a few interviews yesterday and has actually mentioned it previously about a potential internal matchroom programming policy for all matchroom fighters. Um, in your words, what would you say that would entail in the ideal world? How would a fighter go through this process, a matchroom, a matchroom policy?
0: Look, it's early days. We want to, we're working through as best we can. You know, look, we're not experts in doping. you know, that, that's a key thing to call out we we put on events we've on shows and we we put measures in place with people who are specialists within this fi- within this field to um ensure the safety uh, of fighters in terms of what we're looking at doing there's a number of different ways we could look at it you know we obviously invest heavily for a number of our shows already in additional layers of testing over and above the regulatory bodies um could it be additional random tests mixed between fighters on the undercard possibly you know it's it's a hard task with 120 fighters as well to you know manage that process um you know so we're, we're still working through we're having discussions with various people about the best way of operating some kind of you know more in-depth testing um and, and i'm sure when we've got more detail we'll be able to come out with more around it um but you know all these discussions are positive. Because it means that, you know, definitely from our side, more than anyone else's, as we've always shown, we're willing to make the investment for the safety of the sport. Would this be something that no other pro worldwide has done in boxing, something that we've never seen before? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, um, again, there's still work to be done in detail. There may be a different way of operating it. Maybe it's on every event. There's random testing amongst throughout the card as well. Um, so that that's where we still are in discussions as a group and with Vada and, and other, other people around how best to operate this. Um, and, you know, we're all learning. We're all learning. But again, as I say, as a business, we're the only people willing to invest in this. I know, as you say, it's early
1: days, and if you look on the Matchroom website, it's a hundred plus fighters. And could it be? Is it feasible financially? Because we've heard figures put out there in the past of like thirty thousand dollars for a Vada campaign. So it's going to be very,
0: very expensive for you, isn't it? Yes, yeah, very expensive. It's very. We already spend a lot of money <laughs> on testing, you know, over and above what the regulatory bodies would do. We spend a fortune on it um so again that's where we're working through how's what's the best way of delivering this what's the most logistical you know it, look with 100 fighters trying to maintain whereabouts everything like that you know there's a lot of work that goes into it as well so that's something we're still discussing the best route to take and there may be something with the advice of the specialists within this field that they suggest this is a better route of taking it um and again early days And I hope in the next three or four weeks we'll have some more clarity to be able to say, right, here's our plan moving forward. But already what we're doing is, you know, tenfold on what anyone else is doing in the sport.
1: A big fight happening this weekend is Chris Eubank Jr.'s rematch against Liam Smith. And that's that's a pretty huge pay-per-view fight. And yesterday, when we interviewed Ben Shalom, he said the tests were confidential. Um, Why... Why would the body be confidential, Frank? Is this something that happens? And do you have any insight onto this fight?
0: Uh, no, it's not confidential. It's the fact that he can he's asked when and he can answer the question and say there was no Vada. Basically, look, all these people, Ben Shalom, they're so quick to critique everyone else, right? But when it comes down to it, they're not doing anything like we're doing. Um, and I think it's important to say, like Chris Eubank Jr., Liam Smith, they're they're true athletes, you know, like professionals throughout. So there's nothing on them. Um, you saw Joe McAnally, I saw a video of him saying he was shocked that there was no VADA testing. I think both camps would want VADA testing, 100 percent All it comes down to is boxer don't want to spend the money. You know, and and it's people trying to jump on the bandwagon like Ben Shallon saying, oh, what a waste of time, testing fight week. Well, Chris just got tested by a guess, UCAD a couple of days ago. It's not a waste of time, it's beneficial. Because if you find out, yes, we all want a clean sport and we we don't want people getting in the ring, you know, testing positive. But at the same time, just like testing after a fight, it's still important to know whether someone's taken something that could have a positive, you know, a, a, a significant impact on their performance and I'm not again I'm not an expert in this field right I don't know what you can take on a Friday that has potential upsides to you on a Saturday and could cause issues for your opponent I don't know but I'm sure there is right so all of these tests are are, are good for the sport wherever they take place and the results the reality is they're not going to come back before the fight just it's not going to happen but all of these people and Ben Shalom being one of them they jump on the bandwagon but they're not actually doing anything about it. They're just trying to, you know, make themselves look good. But, oh, it's confidential, is it? But you had such an issue back in the day where we couldn't talk about things, but now it's confidential. It's not confidential whether there's Varda testing. Look at Varda's Twitter, where it announces all the shows that got Varda testing on it, you know? So it's not confidential. It's just the fact that he didn't say, no, there's no testing. Over and above what UCAD do. And this is no, again, nothing on the two fighters at all. They would want the most amount of testing possible. They want a safe sport, a clean sport. It's about the promoters who pipe up, but actually don't want to invest any money into the sport. You know, and I highly doubt UCAD would have tested. They might have done, but it's not guaranteed that UCAD would have tested Chris or Liam in the last eight weeks. That's why we enforce additional measures over and above to ensure that the fighters are getting tested.
1: Is that worrying then? If a fight of this magnitude, it's a Sky box office show, is probably top five, if not top 10 biggest fights in the UK happening this year, and it hasn't got the VARDA testing, should we, should we as fans be worried? And as kind of, if the promoters are not putting in implications for that fight, then they won't be putting them for the, some of the smaller shows.
0: Look, it's a case of there there isn't testing on every fight that happens around the world, but that's the reality of it. My my bigger thing is all these people, like I say, jumping on the bandwagon trying to cause problems and trying to cause trouble and trying to create headlines for themselves to try and put other people down, but aren't willing to invest. Ben Shiloh, Frank Warren, like they all just, they all just talk a load of shit. And yes it's worried like a fight of this magnitude should have additional tests over and above the regulatory body testing for sure but the reality is they don't want to spend the money it's all it comes down to otherwise he would have if you when you said to him yesterday is there vada testing he would have said yes there's vada that would be easy wouldn't it instead he went oh, it's confidential and um this is a massive fight i mean what was that got to do with drug testing surely if it's a massive fight it deserves more drug testing i mean because the money's there the budget's there i look i'm not going to sit here and say for a 10 rounder where you're spending 30 grand on the fight you're going to spend 20 grand on drug testing no that's that's ludicrous to think that's going to happen it's never going to that's the reality but for, for a fight this magnitude it should be in place and again i'm not people will say all we do is talk about other people. We don't. We're very content with our own business. We focus on our own business. But what I'm not going to sit here is accept people just talking a load of shit who there's nothing behind it. You know, Ben shalom like, just tells lies and can't answer a question about drug testing, purse bids, pulling fighters out. Oh, I didn't make that offer. It was someone in my company. It was a big company. You were copied in on it. What you think the owner of the the owner of the company doesn't like? Do me a favor. On to the next one, Frank Warren. And like, if I'm 70 years old in this sport, honestly, mate, I've done something wrong. Let your kids give it a go. Like, leave it to them. What are you doing, worrying about 30 year old, saying, "What's his name? What's his name? What's that geezer's name?" The T boy. I've got the same name as you, mate. It's not difficult, is it? I'm called like you know what my name is. Like. You and your little sidekick Andy the alien. Like, but seriously, if I'm in the sport, like these two at 70 years old, do me a fight, come and collect me, take me somewhere at like, it's scary. These people are all deluded. Frank Warren's got like a notepad of like, oh, let me, this is a parking skip by the way. They've got a notepad. He's like this, that, the other, this, that. He's just been given things to say. He hasn't got a clue what he's talking about. Just like I am not sitting here professing to be an expert. It's not my world. We pay people who are experts within this field. You know. So I'm sick and tired of all these people talking a load of rubbish. We're very content. We're very good at what we do. We're the best out there. People are going to talk about us. I will respond. We'll let Eddie stay away from it because he's too big for them all. Gives them all too much clout if he talks about them. Because otherwise they're just all irrelevant.
1: Wow. That that was uh that was quite something, Frank. But I do want to just quickly mention a comment that Frank Warren said last week in Poland. I know he did have his fun and games with uh, Andy Aylin. Do you uh, take that bit, little bit with a pinch of salt? Is that uh, all fun and games for you? Or, or, or are you seriously offended by that?
0: I, Joe, I don't know you don't well know me too well. Like, nothing really offends me. I'm just like a big, like, I'm just a laugh. But my thing is more, I'm more concerned about Frank Warren. Like, he's fucking... Like, oh, that T-boy, what's he, what's he talking about? What's he done What's he done in the sport? Like I've done more than Frank Warren in the last 10 years in this sport. That's just the reality of it. Sometimes people have their time. He talks about the show at the weekend. It wasn't even his show. He lost the purse bid. They sat him in the corner. Like they sat the small hall promoter down the end of the row. So we've got 43,000 in here tonight. It's not your show. You lost the purse bid, mate. Like, you know, stop talking rubbish. But nothing really offends me, Joe. I just worry about these people getting so angry. Like they're like, oh, okay. oh, you know, like, he's up. Like, he needs to step away from it. Reroute back
1: to Smith-Eubank. We took a, probably about a 10-minute tangent there. But how do you see that fight going, Frank? Do you think it, uh, Chris can avenge his loss against Liam Smith?
0: Oh, I think it's a good fight. I, I'll be honest with you, when the first fight happened, I don't think anyone would have... I don't think many people would have seen Liam doing what he did mm. uh, in terms of stopping Chris because we've all seen Chris in there with big punches. Um, you know, I think it, it's going to be an interesting fight between the two of them. We all know Liam's got great ability. I think if we see uh, the Chris of old as well, which, you know, is obviously go out there and, you know, uh, attack, then I think we're in for a good fight. Um you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be an interesting fight and an interest it's a interesting fight for the dynamic and landscape of the sport as well, especially around those divisions because, you know, they're all you know, Liam Smith's a free agent after this. I'm sure we'd love to do something with Liam Smith. Chris Eubanks, obviously with Wasserman, he's got no fights left with Skyle Boxer. Um, I'm sure we, we work closely with Wasserman, I'm sure we can get something done there. There's the Kelbrook, Connor Ben. You know, there's so many fights to be made in and around there. So, you know, the result of this is going to be interesting and I'll be watching closely. Anthony Joshua, have you had any more
1: talks with the Saudis? Obviously Skills Challenge, Deontay Wilder. Are we any closer to getting an announcement to when we last spoke probably ten days ago?
0: There's still work to be done um, on this front. You know, we're, we, we're working through it. It's a fight we've all got the intent to make. Um, but at the same time, the, the proposals and the, the deals have to make sense. Um, but, you know, I think it's a fight both fighters want. So let's see how things play out. You know, talks are still ongoing on that front. No No real updates so far.
1: Is there a chance we'll see Anthony Joshua in the ring in this year against somebody other than Deontay Wilder?
0: Yeah, there's a chance of ever anything. I, I don't want to, you know, again, we do so much talking that until things are signed, sealed, delivered, you know, people get their hopes up. And I, I kind of want to focus on... AJ wants to stay active. Um, he's not going to not be active on the basis of waiting for a fight for six, seven, eight, nine months. I think you're going to keep seeing improvements with him staying active. So, you know, there there is a chance he could box this side of the year against someone else. There is a chance he boxes Wilder. Wilder is definitely something that we've been talking about for a long time, as as you know, and we've spoken about in many interviews. And it's our intent to try and make that fight happen. Um, but yes, yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail because people just you know will say, "Well, you said this," and it's like, "Yep." Yeah, and Things may change in the sport, but the aim is to keep him active and let's see how the next few weeks go in negotiations.
1: Do you think we will get the Hergovic fight ordered as a defence of Usyk's IBF title imminently?
0: Yeah, 100%. Look, uh, Hergovic has been patient for a long, long time here, you know, um, and obviously he's understood the, the WBA have their order to go first, which they give with Daniel Dubois being the WBA mandatory. And next up is Philip Hergovich. There's no, you know, Tyson fury has got a fight lined up already in two months' time. It's not like it's three or four days away. It's a long time away. Um and there should be nothing standing in the way of of uh Philip Hergovich getting his shot at Alexander Usyk. And look, I know Usyk and his team for a long, long time. they they will take on any fight. So it's not they're not shying away from fighting philip hergovich so i'm very confident that will be the fight you see next um and then you know an undisputed fight after that i'm sure conor ben dates have
1: been touted for the 23rd and the 30th of september 30th if all can be resolved to be fighting the uk um in your mind is he definitely fighting on either one of those dates
0: Not not definitely. There's still work to be done. Again, it's one of those things. There's uh, there's work being done in the background. There's discussions ongoing. Um, Let's see. Let's see how things pan out over the next couple of days. We have to move very quickly. You know, has to be the early part of next week. We get something finalised. But there's definite intent and discussions ongoing around the opportunities. And you know, we want to see kind of Ben back in there. He's he's been through all of the various processes. He's not suspended by anybody. Not suspended by UKAD, um, so let, let's see how the next couple of days go. Does the result of
1: Saturday's fight kind of impact the next movements of Conor all?
0: Look, I think that's a, that's a natural fight there. You know, look, there's so many different routes that can that can be looked at. You know, whether I think. If, even if Eubank was to lose, the Conor Ben fight's still there. Even if Eubank was to win, the Conor Ben fight's even bigger. If Liam Smith, like, there's so many routes uh, there uh, and fights to be made. As I said, especially with the likes of Kell Brook added into that mix as well. You know, Kell Brook against Conor Ben's a great fight as well. Maybe we see an absolute tear up between Liam Smith and Chris Eubank Jr. and it's one apiece, and they do it again, and maybe we do it on the zone because they have both got no ties. I don't know. Like, you know, there's so many different permutations and opportunities there, and I'm excited for it. Kel Brook still in there as
1: a big chance of fighting Conor Ben by the end of this year?
0: I think so. I think, yeah, I know I spoke to Kel Brook earlier today. Um, you know, we've had a long standing relationship with Kel, as everyone knows, and uh, you know, it's definitely an interesting fight there to be made. There's a bit of history between the two of them. Um, and I think it's a massive fight. Um, so yeah, look, looking at all the four of those names, there's big fights to be made there, and all all available, and uh, you know to to be made, you know, on design.
1: What about John Ryder? When can we expect to see
0: him out next? And any news on him? John Ryder, we're we'll looking at a big fight for him next. You know, there's a lot of discussions ongoing. You know, potential Belanga Bivol, all around those sort of fights. You know, you got uh, Mungia as well is an, another name working with Golden Boy. And discussing with Eric Gomez at the minute, so you know, hopefully news for him soon. He obviously put in a great performance against Canelo Alvarez, built his stock, um, you know, built his profile, and I think he's going to get a big fight. Hopefully this side of the year. Do you think he will move up to light heavy, or is it wherever the opportunity lies? I think it's where the providing it's the right opportunity. It's where you know he he's been at one six eight for quite a while now. Um, you know, he can still make it, but I'm sure if the right opportunity came up, he'd take it. Joe Cordina. Joe Cordina, news very soon, obviously, planned for him to go on the Monaco show, which we we think will be announced next week. Are we expecting any more UK dates to be announced other than a potential
1: mega fight, maybe with Conor Benham at the end of the year?
0: Looking at, obviously, November 11th as well, which was our Newcastle show, obviously, with the result of the uh, Cyrus-Patterson fight. We're just working through a a couple of options there. Actually got a call any time after this to start discussing you know, the remaining cars and get things done. So I think you'll see one or two more shows. I think we're looking at sort of 13 or 14 shows before the end of the year, kicking off on September 15th.
1: Last one, and we'll finish on a bit more of a light-hearted note. Take you back to last week. What did you make of uh, John Fury's antics at the KSI versus Tommy Fury press
0: conference? Quality. It was like Derek Chisora and Mark II. He threw those tables well. Um, he's... John Fury is a entertaining man. Uh, and I would, my face would have been very much like Joe Markovsky's if I was sitting there like this, like, whoa, you know, Caller was just searching for his phone. All he cared about was where his phone was. Um, but yeah, that, those tables went flying, didn't they? Yeah, seriously, last one on that though. When a big fight happens,
1: because that will be big, the KSI Tommy Fury, does that have impact on your shows on the Zone?
0: Well, I think, in terms of viewership i think in some senses yes i think the the one thing with this crossover boxing is i don't necessarily think we're going to see the benefit in mainstream boxing um straight away but i think in the next 10 15 20 years or this time where you know you'll be involved maybe i'll still be involved i wouldn't have been kicked out by then but i think it's going to benefit the sport in the long term because I think it's going to bring more people into the sport. It doesn't mean people are tomorrow going to be watching our card on September 30. No, that's that's the truth. Maybe five, ten percent will. But I definitely think over a long period of time, it's going to bring a lot of young, a lot of a younger audience in, both training, and then naturally will have an interest in the sport over over the next fifteen, twenty years. And I think that's beneficial. It doesn't just because something doesn't suit someone today. I, I think it can have positive impacts for the long term.
1: Excellent, Frank. Thank you very much for speaking to me today. Anything else you'd like to mention?
0: No, I'm no, no man. All good. I'm all good. I don't know what I was thinking. What can I say? But no. Sure. I mean, I'm I'm just seeing some news about uh, it's transfer deadline day. I'm not even into football, but I'm watching transfer deadline day currently. West Ham, Luton tonight. Come on, your irons. I know. Putting it on transfer deadline day, Moisey. What can't be happy, can he? I read, Frank. On- Frank? I read that on Twitter I read on Twitter earlier to make it sound like I know about football. He does. I reckon you've got
1: one of them Twitter accounts. You you Speak really know everything, mate. Thank you very much, Frank. See you soon, mate. To not be first. Do we do enough? Well, I, I never, never shot up
0: about
1: it. it. must have been about seventeen, sixteen, seventeen.
0: Win it their guilt wins. Right, the bouncers guilt wins. This is no good for me. That's the reality. If you want the honest truth and i see it every day bold social podcast network That's Chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW group Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.